Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I'm Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Flyers training camp and the preseason schedule are underway. We saw game action for the first time in a long time on Tuesday night at the Wells Fargo Center. A lot of new faces on the ice. So plenty of evaluation to be done. So let's get right into it. Taryn, I will start with you. We were sitting together in the press box watching the game, chatting about it. But anything that stood out to you most uh, in that preseason game? I know Derek Broussard certainly caught your eye. Yeah, Derek Broussard, his aggressiveness towards the puck, his, just his nose for like wanting to get to the puck and wanting to get to the net, um, really stuck out, especially I think to me in part because uh, and this isn't like, I don't want to overanalyze this because it's only been X amount of days of camp so far, but, um, Morgan Frost in camp, like looks a little bit like he took his foot off the gas a tiny bit. So to see Derek look so aggressive, I think was uh, a positive thing down the middle for flyers, especially if Kevin, he's out, um, yeah, like I like the way Broussard looked a lot. I like the way that um, I like the way Ryan Ellis looks a lot, probably more than anything. And and I think Provy looked smoother, which we knew would happen if he was comfortable with Ellis. That's just kind of how Provy is. He he does he overcompensates for other people if he needs to. And I don't think any of us thought he would ever have to overcompensate for Ellis. But I I think the impact of Ellis has already shown when it comes to Provy a little bit. Um, but he just looks, he just looks smooth and he looks smart. And I think that's something that after last year, the flyers really need defensively because they haven't really had it since Niskanen. Um, so like I said, Proby tends to overcompensate when he's with someone who's struggling and Sandheim obviously was struggling last year and, and same thing with Phil Myers and, and Justin Bronze, just not that smooth it's not really his style um Ryan Ellis just feels like he kind of consistently makes the right decision and does the right things and um and that was nice to see again I don't want to over invest in anything at this point because I mean the year could happen and Provrov could end up playing next to somebody else at some point or who knows um but yeah, Broussard and Ryan Ellis to me were the two, which is nice because they're two new guys. And Oscar Lindblom. I do want to mention Oscar Lindblom. Oscar Lindblom looked great. Um, had a screen on that Zamula goal. Had, was making, was making as, I forget who said in a in an interview, was making very Swedish decisions, very high hockey IQ decisions throughout the game. Um, you can tell he's not laboring anymore, which I know he said as well. But last year I felt like you could tell he was laboring sometimes. It doesn't look like he's laboring. He looks like he's um, like the, the actual physical aspects of hockey are the easy part. And for him, it's about playing the mental part, um, which is really nice to see because that's what Oscar was really good at before. Um, he could outthink people with his hockey IQ. I don't think he got to use that at all last year because he was just trying to get, as he said, from one shift to the next. So um yeah, a lot, two positives from two new guys and a positive from Oscar. But Carter looked good, saw a lot of shots. So 
steps in the right direction, I would say. Taryn, it was, I think it was Derek Brassard who said uh, he's got that Swedish game. And yeah, I, I, uh, I think we saw all those qualities of that Swedish game. And spot on, you, I think it was Aline Vigneault who said um, with Oscar last year, the mind was going, but the body wasn't allowing him to do what he wanted to do and what the mind was thinking. I thought we really saw the Oscar Limbaugh of 2019-20 before his cancer diagnosis. Just a lot of things, uh, like you said, the screen in front, um, the four checking, the winning board battles. So that's so great to see. That has to be um, so fulfilling to him. And it's a product of hard work in the offseason. Uh, the Flyers lost their exhibition game, their preseason opener uh, to the Islanders, 3-2 in overtime. Uh, a lot of new faces, as Taryn alluded to. Joe, uh, what stuck out uh, in your eyes? If I, if I, first, I'll just comment on Lindblom. I think it was his last rush with the puck. I can't remember if it was late second, early third. He came down on the wing, and he was one-on-one with a defenseman. And he put a shot on net, a quick shot, like a, a real quick decision. But he was looking toward the middle of the ice. And we didn't, I don't, we didn't have an angle where it showed whether it looked, it looked like it was a no look shot. Um, he kind of had his head toward the middle of the ice. And I, I kind of looked at double looked at it and said, did he just shoot a no look shot? Because to me, a player that's doing that, that's a confident player. Um, yeah. And I don't think we would have seen anything like that from him last year. So I, I think that goes along with, what, what both of you guys were saying about the, about Lindblom's game. Some of the other things that stood out to me was that top power play unit. And I think a, a couple of things, and Taryn talked about how Ryan Ellis looked. Having Ryan Ellis at the top of that power play, the, the, the quarterback of the power play, we saw him make quick decisions, getting the puck on net. A couple of times you saw Atkinson take the puck to the circle and then throw a back pass to Ellis in the middle of the zone at the top. And he put a quick snapshot on that. We saw Ellis purposefully shoot that puck off the boards on the Shushko goal. Um, you know, shades of what Kimo Timonen used to do up there. And, um, you know, that was great to see. And also with Ellis playing there, it let Provorov rove around the zone a little bit. And I think Provorov is at his best when he can roam the zone without the puck. Because Ellis is more of that guy that can do the – the 10 and two stuff at the blue line and, and, and quarterback the power play where I never felt like that was really Provorov's strength. And I feel like with Ellis at the top doing that, it allows Provorov to roam around the zone. And on a couple of those plays, when Ellis got the quick shot off, you saw Provorov then would go deep in the zone to be there for any potential rebound also. So I like seeing that. And the other thing I'll say is, to have a guy like Cam Atkinson, who is just a, a sniper, a, a guy that just – he's a goal scorer for, you know, to use a cliche. Um, a couple times you saw him come down, and he'd be one-on-one with the defenseman. He'd kind of drag the puck inside a little bit and shoot it under the defenseman's stick to use the defenseman as a screen. And, and I just don't think you saw a ton of that. There's not really somebody on this Flyers team before now uh, in the last few years that that really has that combination of speed and skill to be the sniper. There's a lot of talented offensive players that were here. I don't know that any of them were to that level of being just a pure goal scorer. And, you know, he has a – we talked about it on here. We talked about it with Cam. He, he's a 40-goal season 
on his resume. And, you know, I think you saw some of that goal scoring prowess last night with some of those just little subtle moves that, that don't jump off the screen, but you just take a look at it and you're like, okay, that's a guy that scored some goals in his career. And, you know, again, I don't want to overreact to one preseason game, but as far as the new additions, you have to like what you've seen. And obviously Lindblom was really looked like a totally different player. Yeah. Cam Askinson certainly showed why he's scored a lot of goals at this level. And you do notice those little things and things that maybe the Flyers were missing in years past from a goal scoring standpoint. Um, another like new guy, Keith Yandel, uh, obviously can quarterback a power play. And I don't think, you know, I know he's known as an offensive minded guy, but I think he does a lot of smart things in the defensive zone that, um, that make up for maybe why he's more offensive minded and make up for, you know, a guy that's not going to, bulldoze you over in the defensive zone but subtle little things like playing smart with his stick cutting the guy off when it's time like good gap all that stuff uh you can see why he's played a lot of games uh 922 straight in the nhl and yeah my my overall two impressions uh were some of the things you guys alluded to but to me ryan ellis looked like the flyers best player on the ice that's great news and carter hart was fine and good uh and that's a huge thing i think it's good that carter hart is off to a new start it's really the, the start to a new year for him in many ways, and he looks good. And uh, th- those are my two big impressions. Um, and, and I think it's great that Ryan Ellis and Ivan Provrov are gelling. Like, it seems like they're getting along. I remember when Ryan Ellis spoke a couple days after he was acquired in that July trade. Um, I wrote an article, and it really dawned on me that, like, he, he seemed so much alike to Ivan Provorov. And I was thinking, these guys could get along. Uh, I feel like great players, good players, uh, they push one another uh, by by how they work and what they do. And I think these two are pushing each other. Uh, they're arriving to the arena at the same time. Ivan Provorov said they both get there two and a half hours before uh, they take the ice. They eat breakfast together. Um, you can tell they're trying to bond and they want to bond. Um, and they're two guys that are very alike in their work ethics. And I think that that creates good chemistry and uh, those guys are going to be the keys to the Flyers' season, as will Carter Hart. And so far, so good, I think, in, in those two areas. Ryan Jordan, said he just, just follows to... Provy around. <laughs> yeah, right. So he just Karen. follows him around. How are you building chemistry? I just follow him around. Follow him around. It's just kind of funny. I mean, and you hear – you hear um, – I, I don't I don't think – I it's more of like a media thing to buy into this. And I'll recognize that before I even say it, but sometimes you'll talk to people about Provorov's like work ethic, especially in the weight room and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh my God, he's crazy. I don't even want to go near him. And then you have, you know, Ryan Ellis who says something like, yeah, I follow him around. I want to be able to lift as much as him. And, and you're like, okay. Cause that's something that whether it's true or it's just something he's saying to us, I think it's something that Ivan probably appreciates because Ivan takes so much pride in how hard he works. So to have um, a defensive partner who wants to work equally as hard, which is certainly not a knock to anybody else who's played next to Ivan, but I think it just long-term, it, it plays out better, I would think, in my mind, because same thing with Matt Niskanen. Like, Matt Niskanen was a pro's pro. Um, and I think Ivan appreciated that, that there wasn't going to be the, the thought this is where I think Ivan gets hung up and this could just be a projection, but whatever. I think Ivan gets hung up when he has to worry about what is this guy going to do? 
rather than being able to depend on this guy is going to do what I expect him to do in these situations. Matt Niskanen was expectable. He was steady Eddie. You could anticipate what he's going to do. I think Ryan Ellis has a lot of that. You can anticipate that he's going to do the right thing. He's not going to do something weird. He's not going to make a, a bad pass like across the middle that's going to lead to a breakaway hardly ever. Let's, I don't want to say that ever, and then it happens. Um, I just think he the, the benefit for Ivan is that Ryan Ellis is, is steady in the same way that Matt Niskanen was. And he's predictable every day in what, how he's going to show up, what he's going to do, how he's going to conduct himself. And that translates to the ice, which Ivan, I think, kind of needs, not because he's necessarily dependent on the guy that he's playing next to, because he'll overcompensate for the guy that he's playing next to. My thoughts. Yeah. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, Jordan. So I'm just going to say, and you know, in my lifetime, the teams that have been most successful with the, uh, with the Flyers, the 80s teams, the 90s teams, the 2010 team, the one thing you can always say about those teams is those top two defensemen played together seamlessly. In the 80s, it was Mark Hall and Brad McKim- McCrimmon. In the 90s, it was Desjardins and Tarion. And then the 2010 team, you had Chris Pronger and Kimo Tiemann. And these guys were every game you could rely, you knew what you were getting from those two guys. And I feel like this pair of Ellis and Provorov could be this generation's version of that. The guys that you know every, every game, they're going to be there, of course, barring injury, obviously. And the teams in the 70s that won the Stanley Cup before my time, but they were, they were loaded with great players everywhere, including on the blue line. So it's really the more of successful teams. You have to have that top, that top pair, you know, your top two defensemen have to be, you know, airtight, I guess you would say, Um, you know, now not, there's no players that are perfect, but those guys you can rely on every night. And I think that these two are well on their way to that. And I'm not just saying that based on one preseason game, I'm saying that based on what we've seen from both players in their careers up to this point separately. And now, you know, 
what they can do together as they uh, obviously the two of them are very um, dedicated to building chemistry together as Taryn alluded to. So um, I really think that that is off to a good start to getting, you know, to solidifying that top pair. And obviously this team had a major weakness um, last year in the goals allowed department and, um, and, you know, their defense. And that was a major focus this off season. So I think that's off to a good start. If you're, if you're Chuck Fletcher, you're certainly watching that game Tuesday night, obviously not celebrating anything by no means, but uh, you are looking at a top pair defensive pair and, uh, and seeing, Hey, that's something we miss. And it's something we addressed from day one of the off season. Switching gears a little bit, uh, Taryn and Joe, it's the first time we've talked since the Kevin Hayes injury came out. Uh, Kevin Hayes had to undergo another abdominal surgery. So uh, very similar to what he dealt with uh, and, and underwent in May. Uh, that's a huge piece to the flyers, to the flyers engine. And he will, missed six to eight weeks. So he's out all of camp. He will miss the preseason. And obviously he could miss probably anywhere between seven to 12 games. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, an incredibly important player to the Flyers, uh, second line center. And right now it's looking like Morgan Frost is getting that first opportunity to jump on uh, on his absence in terms of his role and what he does. Uh, Taryn, I'll start with you. How do you feel about Morgan Frost you, you touched on him earlier, and I, I agree with you. I, th I think there's times where Morgan looks really good, and then there's times where he kind of just blends in. And I don't know if that's still the product or, or the byproduct of being a younger player and maybe understanding you really have to seize every single day. And I think it's a little bit of pressure. Like, he, um, you know, we're maybe not watching Claude Drew to be great every day. Uh, I think we know we're just going to get Claude Drew every day. Whereas Morgan, it's like, yeah, you, you, you have to expect um, – you have to expect him to be there every day and stand out. And, and maybe that's part of us expecting a lot of Morgan Frost. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but how do you feel about Morgan Frost so far being the guy to step into Kevin Hayes' shoes so right now? Okay. So first of all, don't put any of your projections onto me. I, I feel my own way as I observe practice. Um, no, I think here's the thing that concerns me about Morgan is that when you watch practice and you watch either the guys who've been in the league for forever or the guys who are currently really good in the league, they are so competitive at practice every single day and they love it. Like Claude Drew is so competitive at practice every single day. And it like, it makes his day to, to poke check the puck away from somebody or um, to, you know, land a big hit or if they're practicing power play unit stuff, like absolutely obliterate a puck and score a goal and make somebody look silly. He is so competitive in practice and he has fun with it. Um, same thing with Kevin. When Kevin's there is, is Kevin, I think loves making hockey fun, but the way to make hockey fun is to be good at it. <laughs> and that's the concern that I have with Morgan. And it's more so, I think, compounded with the fact that that was sort of the issue when he came up. So he came up hot first two games. Uh, what, two goals? Excuse me. Two goals in his first two games, and he first got called up in that 2019-2020 uh, season, right? Um, the years are blending together. but And then he kind of petered off, and it – it's not that he, it looks like he lost interest. It looks like 
he exerted so much of himself that everything of the NHL caught up to him. That's what concerns me about the fact that he, he looked very good early. And then now you're right. He's like a little bit like that one, um, uh, Simpsons meme where like he just fades into the bushes a little bit that happens to him at practice. And, uh, that's, the concern because of what we've seen from him before but the, the other problem is that you get it they're like they're playing against each other every day and he hasn't played hockey in a long time because of the shoulder injury and um you know it's probably been a really repetitive really redundant off season for him I would imagine he's gotten as much practice time in as possible as he came back from the shoulder injury but again the issue is is that like he has something to prove. And if he's proving it to the coaching staff and the front office staff, who cares what we say? Like I, and I hope he does. Um, but from where we're sitting up in the media perch, you kind of get a lot of looks where at each other where you're like, Oh no, Morgan's, you know, Morgan started off so well, like, you know, he needs to put his foot back on the gas. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see because they need him. So hopefully he's just conserving energy or something. But um, yeah, it, it certainly looked a little bit like it's tailed off throughout camp a tiny bit. And you just want him to come back and have like a super huge day one day and shut all of us up. Because like you said, like we, we are also for people who like either don't understand what we do or don't like anything that we do. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast because I would shock that you're here. Um, but two, like we only have so much hockey that we've seen them play. So yes, we overanalyze every single part of it. This was something though, that jumped out to everyone. Like there's some times where I'll be at practice and a different member of the media will say something that's jumped out to them and I'll, I'm kind of like, that has not stood out to me at all, but that's your opinion. This is something where I think all of us were sort of like, kind of like, come on, Morgan. Cause we're all pulling for him too, to be honest with you. He's, he's worked so hard. So yeah, that's, that's the Morgan Frost of it all, but we'll see as camp goes on. And as these preseason games go on, maybe he gets out there against a different opponent and, you know, cause that happens too. You, you just, you get a little bit of, like fatigue from playing the same group of guys over and over and over and over again. We saw it in the regular season last year with the schedule. You just get fatigued from not seeing a new competition. So we'll see what he can do. Yeah. And with Morgan Frost, I think, I think we get so obsessed with his playmaking and his scoring and, and rightfully so that's, that's his game and that's what he loves to do. Uh, But I don't, I don't need to see him score all the time. I don't need to see him flash all the time. Um, I think that's what I want to see him do. But I'm really going to be watching to see, you know, how he is in, like, board battles, how, how he's pr- protecting the puck, um, how he's playing defensively and away from the puck. Because, like, those are things that I think he will have to improve upon uh, in order to stay in the NHL lineup consistently. Um, so those are the little things I'm going to be looking for him. And as Tara mentioned, perspective is good. Context is good. He hasn't played hockey in a long time. But he has been grinding a lot uh, over the past – month or so uh, you, we remember he was on the ice every single day in development camp uh, participating in full he was on the ice every single day in rookie camp he played in both rookie games 
and now he's going full go uh, in training camp. So he has been through a lot recently uh, and coming off of an injury uh, where he didn't play a lot because of that shoulder. So um, that, that's some good context of just understanding what he's been through lately. And uh, yeah, you know, he's not, maybe there are going to be times where he's a little, uh, he's blending in a little bit, uh, but game evaluation will be the biggest thing that will be uh, the telltale. And uh, he has not played in the game yet. He'll be coming up uh, uh, in these preseason games. He did not play Tuesday. So we will see where Morgan Frost is, but I like where he is because I feel that there are guys that can make up Kevin Hayes's PK and defensive responsibilities. There's Derek Broussard. There's Nate Thompson. Um, there's some of the new guys like Cam Atkinson that can kill penalties and make up for defensive stuff down the middle. Morgan Frost, I want to see him provide Kevin Hayes's offensive responsibilities. I think he can uh, inject offense into the lineup. I think he provides a jolt of offense, and I want to see him do that. I worry a little bit about the line that he's on in terms of defensive responsibilities, JVR and Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost. I think those are more offensive-minded guys. Uh, so I do worry a little bit about defensive uh, responsibilities there, but I'm not going to judge them too soon. Uh, I haven't seen them play a game yet, and I, I did like the initial look of that line. Uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, the depth down the middle and Kevin Hayes' absence, what do you think about it, and do you think the Flyers can kind of weather that storm early? I think they can, and and, and just in terms of Morgan Frost, I, last week when um, Taryn and I were in the room and Taryn was interviewing uh, Morgan one-on-one, he basically admitted that the mindset is almost different now with the Kevin Hayes um, injury. And he, I think you have to take that into, that's a factor also with a young player and sort of the mental Olympics as you approach a season where, you know, he might not admit it. And these guys all say they're preparing like they're going to be on the big team, but he had to know that his shot to make the roster, everyone, if everyone's healthy was minimal off the top and that they wanted him to play in Lehigh Valley. Now it's, this is a whole different thing and it's a whole different mindset and they can say it's not, but it is, it really is. And again, very limited NHL experience coming off of, of an injury. And now with the, um, the, the pressure of potentially starting the season or the probability of starting the season in, on the NHL roster, um, it probably takes some getting used to. Um, if you were working the whole offseason thinking you were going to have games with the Phantoms, a season with the Phantoms, whatever the case may be, and now it's this different kind of unknown start the season at the NHL level for a, I mean, sort of determined, but sort of not determined period of time, that has to to weigh on your mind as a young player with very limited experience. So I think that could contribute to it as well. But I will say the thing is you can blend in, in the AHL. You can't blend in, in the NHL. There's no, there's, I mean, fourth line players blend in, in the NHL a lot of times, but that's not what Morgan Frost is all about. We've talked about that before here um, on the podcast. So, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me. I think they can, I think they can weather the storm down the middle. Again, you mentioned the defensive concerns, which I would have too, and, uh, and, and penalty kill because two seasons ago when Kevin was healthy, uh, he was particularly effective um, on the penalty kill. 
Uh, but Cam, Cam Atkinson, you know, we talked to him, Jordan, you and I talked to him. And then at the, the couple times Taron's interview interviewed him, it's consistent. He brings up the penalty kill. He, he takes pride in that part of his game. So let him do it. Put it out there. I mean, he played for John Tortorella, and I'm, John Tortorella is not a guy that puts up with somebody who, who kills penalties that doesn't do it effectively. So if he was able to maintain his spot in the lineup with John Tortorella as the head coach on the penalty kill, I, you know, I, I feel pretty good about his ability to do so here um, under Elaine Vigneault. So I think they can definitely weather the storm with a combination of guys for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Hayes, I, I, Derek Broussard said it said it's awfully difficult to replace a guy like that. Uh, so I think it will be by committee, you know, getting a little bit of everyone um, to chip in and provide his responsibilities because like, I don't want to downplay it. Kevin Hayes is second line center that plays in all situations. He's a power play guy. He's a penalty kill guy. And he makes the Flyers tougher to play against. And we know how critical the start of this season is in terms of guys gelling, getting off to a positive start, creating positive energy and positive vibes after what the Flyers went through last season. So it will be important. And uh, yeah, Morgan Frost is being put in a situation to show his game. Uh, Elaine Vigneault puts a lot of young players in positions where he thinks they can succeed. And they're putting him in a really ideal spot to show his offensive abilities. So they are looking for him to to put his game on display, create offense. And if he's blending in and he's not, then the Flyers will look to adjust. So it's a great opportunity for him, but he needs to, he needs to jump on it. And I think he's aware of that too, as you guys mentioned, but there will be plenty more to evaluate, plenty more to watch and, and look for as training camp heats up. We will have all of it for you, uh, Taryn, myself and Joe, uh, but Great chatting with you guys. It's been a little while. Uh, as I know, it, things get crazy around this time as all our schedules change and we're going to and from Voorhees and conducting interviews and all of that. So great seeing Joe. Great seeing Taryn. Thank you guys so much. As always, we will continue to evaluate the preseason as it goes along. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.